Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How are you doing, Joe? Good. Um, we're recording on uh, Tuesday evening. It is, it's seven o'clock. It's essentially... Get ready for the big celebrations. Getting ready for the big celebrations. Being half Protestant. Uh, a quarter Protestant. We'll get into that. Uh, hello, hello, we are the Billy Boys. Hello, hello, we make a lot of oh, noise. You, 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 We're you. up to our necks and fiend blood. Surrender or you'll die, for we are the Billy, Billy Boys. Billy Boys! Thank you and good night. If you've been listening to the Free State Podcast, <laughs> uh, you know, rate and subscribe. Um, I just, we're, we're doing it because we're, we, we couldn't do it any later in the week for different reasons. And uh, we're doing it... As we said, it's seven o'clock on a Tuesday evening. It's kind of my bedtime. <laughs> like I was thinking, like we booked this because you know it's the only time both of us were free. But I do kind of find like that increasingly, like you know, I'm kind of thinking by about seven o'clock now that I'm going to go to bed. That's what happens when you stop drinking. Well, you have nothing else to do. Well, that's what I I do think. Do you know when we talk about the uh, the peace dividend? We talked about it before. The peace dividend in Northern Ireland being that BBC Northern Ireland news now is incredibly boring, and they report like you know a, a, a car blew a tire, that kind of stuff. We mentioned this in a previous podcast. My life is basically like the you know the peace dividend. Yeah. You know, I I, I had the troubles. And now, you know, I go to bed at eight o'clock in the evening. Yeah. I mean, I, c- and, uh, I cannot imagine the monotony of a life without alcohol. It's great. It's not monotonous at all. We just need to stress that. It's not <laughs> monotonous at all. The other thing is, it means that I don't, like, you know, we're, we're doing this now. There's great, uh, there is great cricket on. Oh, Jesus. The dubs, um, after the dubs finally emerged from their two-year Hibernation, you know, they're they're they were sort of cryogenically frozen, 
and now that Pat Gilroy's back and Jack McCaffrey and Paul Mannion. I mean, it was so exhilarating on Sunday to see the way they played, regardless of the opposition, you know, to see these stellar forwards up close. You know, the way the whole team hunted in packs and the perfection of their football for about 25 minutes. You know, and then Mulligan's afterwards, a Dublin institution, and the crack, you know, the American ambassador arrived outside Mulligan's with their security detail. <laughs> they were sort of flat out on their, their you know, their earpieces. And uh, and she met everyone, the throngs out in the street. You know, we had, we had such a terrific night. Yeah. But and yeah. uh, you see, you 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 you've traded all of that. You've been saying, "Oh, I have to go home now." You know, on 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 the bicycle. <laughs> I wish know. people could see your face yeah. when you use the words "the bicycle." Yeah. There, oh, like it yeah, was, uh, you you furrowed up your nose. I wasn't yeah. wouldn't be on the bicycle. Yeah. I could be in the car unless. Although the last time I met you in, in the, with the yeah. car, and you'd be no use around a bonfire either. Why is that? There's no teetotalers at the bonfires no, in the yeah. north. No, we're not going to make this an attack on uh, the sober life because that's uh, um, <laughs> that's not what we're here for. But I did I did watch some of the Dublin game. I was watching at the same time. I'm surprised you don't get into elements of the cricket, especially the Ashes, because there is a great unfolding story of, of England being really pissed off and, and complaining about the lack of sportsmanship uh, Australia have showed by 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 beating them at Lords, and there was this. And actually, I knew what we were talking about today, and I did think if you saw what happened at Lords when the the members of the MCC booed the Australian team coming through the long room in the pavilion at Lords, this beautiful, beautiful uh, building, this oasis in the centre of London, uh, it did actually look like again one of those things we've talked about, a kind of people under threat. Like this great, this, 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 what should be this bastion of self-confidence and invincibility. Instead, they disgraced themselves by booing this really glorious Australian team because they had run out one of the, or they'd stumped one of the English batsmen who was stupid enough to leave his crease. I, I saw, I saw that. You see that? I went to cricket, you know, a couple of times with Des Fahey from Drumra, you know, Did he's you? a GA man. And, you know, it was his guilty secret. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, um, and he, uh, he brought me out to the cricket and, you know, you just sort of gently got anaesthetised with drink all morning. Well, yeah. and, then, and then by two o'clock, because you can't see anything anyway. By mm. two o'clock, I was like, whoa, hey, brilliant. Whoa. Well, who, who said, and who said uh, it is a game where discipline was required, an intriguing battle between bowler and batsman. I became very interested in the different techniques and strate- strategies that were deployed around it. Do you know who said that? No, Martin McGuinness. Martin, oh, he loved that. But Martin liked fishing and stuff and all yeah. that. So he was very, um, like uh, Richard Ford said, you know, not solitary, but loved solitude. Solitude, not lonely, but solitude. But yeah. the other thing yeah. I thought about was, uh, it's, this is the, and this is what's being captured at the moment. And you know, you can watch Gaelic football and you can watch cricket at the same time. You can, you can enjoy everything. Oh, uh, I mean, you can watch Gaelic football nowadays. I mean, yeah. during the during the Derry Cork match, which was the first semi final on Sunday past, it was so boring that I ate a full packet of family sized fruit pastilles, and I don't even like fruit pastilles. But you know, I've got an invite for you to play a, a game of cricket this summer. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I'd do that. Peter I was a knight of the Campanile, you know, in Trinity, and I had to play hockey. 
I had to play rugby because if you were a knight of the company, you know, big Paddy Johns, the Irish International, mm. was 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 one of the knights as well. I mean, it was a very select group to be involved with, you know. So we played hockey, um, rugby. Needless to say, we didn't play Gaelic football. <laughs> <laughs> the sectarian bastards. <laughs> but yeah, Peter O'Born, Peter O'Born, the great great journalist, is coming over. He comes over every year for. Uh, a cricket tour, and he's going to come on the podcast while he's here. But he's also invited us to play cricket with him, not just the two of us against him. That his team, that yeah, wouldn't be. Yeah, I'll do that. You know? I, I'll do that. But, uh, but I just did think about this. The one line about it that I think thought would appeal to you, Thomas Keneally, the great, you know, Australian novelist who wrote Schindler's Ark, said cricket was the great way out of Australian cultural ignominy. No Australian had written Paradise Lost, but Don Bradman had made One Hundred before lunch at Lords. And that was the way Australia, and it's still happening today. I can tell you that will cut absolutely no ice in the Dungiven changing room. Uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. But anyway. Uh, whenever I was, um, some years ago, I found uh, a jotter that I had sort of done a daily diary in when I was about five or six years of age. And we used to have a black and white portable television. And one of the things that was on the television, because only were a few channels, was the cricket. They always showed the cricket on BBC. And my brother Prunchus who was a fervent, <laughs> a fervent hater of England. One of his entries in the diary was, you know, um, India are playing, uh, I, I wrote, you know, India are playing uh, England, and our project is very unhappy with the way India are playing at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah. It is, it is, uh, it's the one failing in the, in, you know, one, one will, I'll, I'll, you know, failing the GEA that it, for all its nationalism, it's never actually found a way of, of making it a sport where they can actually f play against England. Yeah, but you know, well, imagine if you'd actually got that. Yeah. You know, test yourself. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you know, Kilkenny against Clare and Crow Park in mm -hmm. Ireland, the Munster Hurling Festival. I'm happy with what we mm -hmm. have, I have to say. You know, we obviously Gaelic football needs a total revamp because of the dullness, but. Lifting it out of its lifting out of its sort of dull mire, David Clifford. I mean, a player for the ages, the Dublin forwards. I mean, Jesus. I mean, it's absolutely frightening to watch them in action. Anyway, okay. I I want to ask you because I asked you this before uh, in a similar context, and when I listened back, I realised you had answered a different question. Um, we're coming up to the twelfth. Before this podcast goes out, there will be the, you will, we won't know, like there is the attempt to kind of have a drum, the, the drum cree Sunday, the protest event. Uh, um, what I would like you to do, if you can do it now, is if you were making an argument as a, as a barrister in favor of what, what people, what, you know, members of the Orange Order want, what argument would you make? And maybe explain what it is they want. Well, they want to they want to be in a position of supremacy where they do not have to ask Catholics or a wider society or government for permission to do anything. So, you know, they've applied in the run up to the twelfth to march through Drum Cree again, a place of infamy. In nineteen ninety eight, um, at the height of the Drum Cree standoff one of the most atrocious incidents that ever happened at the end of the Troubles was the petrol bomb attack on the Quinn household. 
and the Quinns lived in Ballymoney and they came from a mixed marriage. And the father, who'd been a, who was a Catholic, had separated from the mum. The three boys were only wee scoots, you know, they were like maybe sort of six, seven, eight, six, seven, nine. And uh, they were one of the few families in Ballymoney that had any Catholic component. And even though after the father left, the mother had raised them as Protestants at um, four o'clock or half three in the morning at the middle of the Drum Cree standoff, one of the worst standoffs. On the 12th of July, 1998, um, a petrol bomb was thrown into the house in the dead of night. And these three um, beautiful children uh, were burned alive in there. And um, their mum had to identify their bodies. She got out and thought they'd got out as well, and had to identify their charred remains. And uh, Ian Paisley said that the IRA had done far worse. And uh, there were various suggestions that the fire had started in the house and all of that. But And a fella was convicted of the murder and he named the three people who'd been with him, but for legal reasons, um, they couldn't be charged. And that brought an end because, you know, the world finally paid attention. You know, Bill Clinton, the European community, the British Prime Minister... There was a huge um, response to that. And so what the, what the Orange Order would like and what the DUP would like, because this week in uh, the Houses of Parliament, Carla Lockhart, or I call her the ghastly Carla Lockhart, a DUP MP, She's a girl who likes to infuriate Catholics by getting selfies outside court with soldiers charged with shooting Catholics, smiling triumphantly beside them, holding their arms aloft. She tabled a Commons motion, and uh, she said this week that the Drum Cree Parade lies at the... <laughs> it's not funny, this. Lies at the heart of progress in Northern Ireland. <laughs> and so the answer to your question, the forensic... the 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 The... the Honest answer to your question is that they want to have the ability to march over the top of Catholics again, to bring life back to the way it was when they owned the police force and owned the government and made all of the decisions and uh, Catholics were second-class citizens. And, I mean, this is underlined by the fact that in 2023, this is the sort of uh, thing that's happening in the North. I mean... The Irish News reported last week, all the papers reported, that a group... <laughs> they, they, they describe this as their culture now, you know, and, you know, it'd be like the Ku Klux Klan saying, you know, that they're, in fact, an artistic grouping, you know, who are interested in, in cultural expression. But a group calling itself the, Cl <laughs> the Clonduff Cultural Expression Committee um, defended violent imagery at a bonfire you know, violent sectarian Nazi imagery, you know, um, man, men depicting, you know, holding rocket launchers, masks, all of that. And uh, they said afterwards that a, that a consultant, that the group, the cultural expression group said when it all had to be dismantled and all this vile stuff, you know, was unearthed, that uh, this was just over-exuberant youths. And the Alliance Party made a, a formal complaint about it. And within a few hours, the Alliance Party's office in East Belfast was destroyed and a whole 
vandalism attack, you know. And 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 this is where we are with this. It was UVF regalia everywhere. But how how because like you know you asked me did I know the words to uh, um, the Billy Boys? So yeah. called, you know, yeah. and I was like, obviously I don't. Do you know the words of the sash? No, of course Everybody they don't. Knows the words no, of the they sash. don't. I don't think any, like most people in in the south don't know the words of the sash, and like this is the thing that like it. Do you know the words about the song that the members of the Orange Order uh, wrote, learned off by heart, and then sang publicly in Dundonald Orange Hall to the great amusement of the entire lodge. Mm. The Dundonald Orange Hall being a very large hall, and on the, the day that the song was sung, it was a gathering point for lodges coming from far and wide to there. The song about uh, Michaela McAreevy, uh, yeah, the glee yeah. about her murder. Yeah. She went to her room to get a wee treat. Strangers she did meet, they hammered and they hammered and they beat her about. John McAreevy never gave her a shout, round and round and up and down through the streets of Ballygolly Town. As they cheered, Big Lodge packed provoked great mirth, you know, and singing the song entirely openly, knowing that it would be really well received. And that's where it's at. And there's no point in trying to, you know, you know, work your way around that. That's where we are. Well, there's no point in trying to work. But no, that's not my point about trying to work my way around it or put, putting... I'm not saying you are. No, I know. But I'm just saying, like, you know, when, when, when I know we're talking about this... Yeah, I mean, I have to say I'm surprised that the members of the Dundonald Vine Lodge weren't invited onto the Clare Burns show after that, you know, to 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 to, to give a rendition. Um, <laughs> but what, I, are you, what are you laughing about? What are um, you laughing about? No, look, it's... You know, it's all but, that. But no, and, and this is part of the problem. That the reason in 1998 that things were brought to a head in Drumcree was because the world called it out because it was such a shocking thing that but I think this well, this is what people will be surprised by today the idea that there is something like <laughs> I saw like uh, one of the newspaper reports uh, like made it sound like uh, a tough European tie in the, in, the, in the kind of Champions League ahead of a protest event in Portadown on July the 9th to mark 25 years since the return leg of the annual Drumcree Sunday Parade was preventing, preventing from making its way along the Gavahi Road. DUP MP Carla Lockhart, your friend, tabled a commons motion expressing regret at the ongoing ban. Now, like, <laughs> but the return like Carla, leg... Like, Carla, like, but I, Carla is just typical of this uh, simple sectarian hatred. That, but, but, that, and there's nothing else beyond that. And what this is, all this is an attempt to do is to try to stir things up because when they can inflame people's emotions, it's, it's the equivalent of their culture war. Get them upset, yeah. distract them from the fact but, that they've got shit jobs, shit housing. Well, everything's falling apart in the North. You can see that our infrastructure's yeah. falling apart. I mean, one of the headlines... One of the headlines carried in all the newspapers, right, and borne out by, by, by PSNI press releases, okay, was that the bonfires this year, the bonfires this year are going to be much smaller than they were last year, that the UDA had to cush, cut their cash payments for the bonfire pallets as they'd lost upwards of half a million in drug raids in southeast Antrim in the course of the year. So their suppliers to the bonfires had to be cut drastically. You know, as if it was <laughs> as if this was a budget cut. 
you know. And so there's where you are with. It. I mean, like, but look, you, like, you, uh, you. When 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 I was in Belfast with you a while ago, and you we we drove around, and you were showing me the contrast between uh, areas around the Falls Road and community, you know, developments that happened there and community stuff that was happening there, and the lack of similar projects around the Shankill and stuff like that. And I talked to somebody today. Uh, who I know, who's you know from from the unions community, and he said that's who worked in the Shankill, and he said that's right, like that's that is yeah. what happened. But he and also that's said, the real shame of it. Yeah, these this this sort of is used as a distraction. I mean, but the Brits also, the Brits don't give a damn about them. They're, there's, there's there's union jack clubs are going to offer Jesus sake, lads, you need to up your game. It's twenty twenty three, like, but like, and you and you you know you go around like last year, right? Once it once it was all right, set it up. An orange band smashed up a student house in Belfast because a drunken guy threw a wheelie bin towards them. And I mean, it was all mm. captured on video. I they swarmed yeah, in, yeah. they smashed the windows. You know, I mean, signs on mega bonfires from Belfast to Der Londonderry, as they would have it. Kill all Catholics, kill all Tigs. The only good Fenian's a dead one. We're not racist in East Antrim. We just don't like niggers. But... You know, and then and then they have this lovely thing. Oh, geez, uh, you know what? It's this is there are some heartwarming aspects to all of it. You know, do you know they have these face painters at the bonfires and they paint kill all takes on the foreheads of the kids, and it's just lovely. It's just a lovely celebration of culture. Bar Barry White, the news talk reporter, came north last year. Yeah, because he wanted to see it for himself. Yeah, and as I recall, it. Might not be absolutely 100% on this. I know Barry and we've done stuff before. I think he rang me about it. And he was prompted by, you know, things that he'd heard. See, go and see for himself. And he wrote that it reminded him of the Ku Klux Klan in the 50s and 60s. And he concluded his report by saying, 11th night bonfires aren't cultures. This is a hate fest. He came up from the Free State and was shocked by what he found. No one in the north shocked by that. I mean, we're, we're not. But but let's. Uh, but but also, isn't it important? Because when you say this is culture wars, to me this looks like the kind of. It's almost like a kind of algorithm. Like it's not. This isn't. This isn't how most people from a unionist background are spending their their days leading that, that, up to the twelfth of July. Yeah, no, that's correct. That's correct. And I think that professional people have deserted all of this. The numbers are dwindling all the time. I mean, the bonfires now are as much an expression of culture as soccer hooliganism yeah. is an expression expression of culture. And they and England. they and they find uh, they find an audience now on social media because these things get fed to people and people again we've talked about it like when we talked about it even in the ultimate gunfighter you know the, this idea of yeah. you know shocking and sort of shocking videos and exciting but it's also vicarious for people it, it's, but it's not it doesn't reflect um you know like again you know and i think it's it why do you say that but it doesn't reflect it doesn't reflect most people's Jesus, view there. it's 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 you know it's you know, the, like the, there's an extremely strong sense of supremacy. I mean, look at the DUP. What, I mean, are you serious? Look at the mm. DUP. They're, oh, yeah. the, they're the predominant unionist party. Mm. Why do you say that it doesn't reflect them? Well, you I mean, just agree with me. Correct. I mean, no, no, I said that professional people, right. you know, and the middle ground who are all sort of deserting them to go to the alliance, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and then you have another problem, which is that successive Irish governments, you know, supported by a more or less compliant Southern media, have appeased and enabled all of this over the years. 
Ian Paisley's a great lad. He was on the Late Late Show, you know. Gregory Campbell can go on RT whenever he likes to, you know. Because they're crudely using the Troubles in a vain attempt to prevent the rise of Sinn Féin. So it suits them as well. And then to say every now and again, oh, you know. you know. I mean, like Simon Coveney couldn't even go north without them planting a hoax bomb. Mm. You know, and telling these fucking free stater to fuck off back to free state, you know, and that's essentially what it is. And that's the venom with which it is done. You know, I mean, you take yourself up, you take yourself up to a bonfire and introduce yourself and see how long you last. You take yourself down, down to the, down to <laughs> the, bo- to you take yourself down to the bonfire uh, off Donegal Pass. Well, I mentioned go, my go, gr- you, go you in there and tell them who you are. I say my grandmother was a Presbyterian. See what a help. see what a lovely celebration of yeah. culture that will be. Then yeah. you know whenever yeah. you, whenever you're festooned all over the footpath. That wouldn't cut you know. it. My, my my Presbyterian grandmother. I don't think your story about the <laughs> the, the, the the orange flowers. Yeah, and carrier, what about the what about the red hot pokers? I'd say yeah, as the they were uh, yeah. putting yeah. me on the bonfire. Yeah. I, the, the red hot pokers were planted back in nineteen forty four. No, it's definitely not going to work. You know and. You know, it, it's, it's, the BBC have stopped showing it live and it's really, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously embarrassing. We're used to it, so we don't really care. You just clear out of the place and let them at it. It used to be a very dominant spectacle. It's not like that anymore. It's smaller and smaller and smaller every year as it dwindles and dwindles mm. and dwindles to a hardcore. Um, but, Really, there's nothing cultural about it. I mean, the Orange Lodge is a, is a strictly sectarian uh, body. Well, that's that the Orange is. Order. I mean, you can't be Catholic. You can't be married to a Catholic. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, people no doubt in the free state and around the world will be stunned to know that if you marry a Catholic, you're automatically expelled from the Orange Order. Well, I was reading a report from May about the Orange, the Westminster Orange Lodge, hold held its first meeting since before the COVID pandemic. Uh, <laughs> which would be a, a source of it was a great consolation to well, all right sure, I was, probably a scamdemic they probably thought it was yeah. you know I'd say they were uh, but it just was a line in it where it says you know they were all back and uh, uh, with Jim DUP Strangford MP Jim Shannon re-elected as the group's worshipful, worshipful master uh, DUP leader and Lagan Valley MP Jeffrey Donaldson is also a member of the Lodge which was first formed in 2006 and is open to Protestant members of both the House of Commons and House of Lords. Yeah. And, you know, there is, I don't know, there's no women. Not that, not that a Catholic who wanted to join that, you'd be sent for the men in the white coats. But you see, the point I'm making to you is that it's not just small grippings. It's quite cohesive. So you've got your loyalist paramilitaries, okay? They're in control of the finances around the bonfires, you know, You've got then the DUP using the LCC, which is essentially loyalist paramilitaries, for their own ends when they need to stir up trouble. You know, and then you've got you've got the people in the ground in these areas which are subjected to paramilitary control, and that, when you put it all together, is a sizable constituency. You know, and that's your constituency, for example, in Wagashal, you know, they have a huge... And, and so a good example of the, 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 the you know, the, the, the relative cohesion of it is that this year, after all of the all of the opprobrium that came down in their heads last year, you know, last year they were hanging ghoulish effigies of Michelle O'Neill 
you know, from the bonfires and Naomi Long, the alliance leader, you know, and, you know, um, burn the Fenian slut and all of that. And, you know, uh, terrible messages about John Finucane, uh all of that sort of thing, you know, dripping with blood, etc. you know, posters all over the shankle. And so this year, that's been pared back a bit. Now, only a bit, because we've talked about this already. You know, and they've taken out the things this year. Like, whereas last year you had keep Antrim tidy, we're not racist, we just don't want cotton-picking niggers here. So that stuff's gone. So you've got, like, the loyalist paramilitaries talking to the DUP, in turn talking to their people on the ground, saying, look, lads, we need to take something off this because we're getting castigated. You know, and we must portray this as something that's cultural. So no more songs about dead Catholic girls, you know, being murdered in horrendous circumstances, you know. Let's let's take a bit off that. Let's try not to. Let's try not to smash up student houses if we can avoid it. And if we're going to do it, do it in the absence of a do it in the absence. Make sure make sure there's nobody with a video phone in the vicinity. But I mean just just two, three nights ago, two bands met. Uh, yeah, they were they were they were both in the same period. Yeah. And as a result of it was reported that as now it's all this you can see all this on, on, on YouTube. Obviously, there's a video phone everywhere nowadays. But as a result of a member of one band shouting at the other band, we're more fucking loyal to King Charles than you are. A whole fist fight erupts between the bands. You know, and as that's why I say to you that, like, this is not anything high-minded. You know, this but that is, looks like something This is a blind pursuit of, you know, it's all drink fueled and it's all anger and rage. It's like the British National Party or hooliganism. And that's the height of it. But that's, you know, that, you, that clip is like, you know, the Marx Brothers do July, 12th of July, like that, that clip. It's, you know, it's so ridiculous. Like. <laughs> yes, but I mean, like, I mean, one of the, one of the things that, that, that sort of went around after last year's main 12th period was that one of the bands, uh, a Pakistani guy, he'd looked Pakistani or Indian was on the footpath in Belfast City Centre and one of the bands completely surrounded him and started singing I'd rather be a Paki than a Tig right? and they belted it out and went across the street and everybody joined in I'd rather be a Paki than a Tig oh I'd rather be a Paki I'd rather be a Tig that's the level of it you know crowd clapped and cheered and laughed and the video was posted online and had three quarters but, of a million views you know but is is the problem then that until um like you you say there's still a like that there there is there isn't god help the critters is the best way to put but, it but but isn't there but if somebody needs to break free from it in a way of like and you know we, i've been reading this people under siege book the aaron edwards book yeah, and yeah, we're gonna yeah. have aaron on uh you know, yeah. in a future show, a podcast. I'm like Alan, I'm like Alan Partridge. I, I never read the books. <laughs> you, you read the books. <laughs> Pick up your cues. Remember that when he had the he had the lesbian author on, and she said, eventually she said, "Exasperated, have you not read my books?" And he says, well, "I never read the books." <laughs> I even got you a copy of this one, yeah. um, but it's uh, but again, like he. No, no, I, I, you were you. It's on my list. Yeah. No, no, it is. No, I know you want to read this one. But he he says in this he talks about going to a, a 
you know, twelve. And like the you know, the f- friend of mine who's a unionist today said, it's just a glorified drinking session for a lot of people today. But he's saying, he said, uh, he says at one point, he says, as far as I'm concerned, it is as if millenar- millenarian loyalism repeats its narrative. That's a bit like uh, what was my line that you took out the. Um, that's the big word. Culture, yeah. Millenarian loyalism repeats its narrative of political anxiety and insecurity continuously so it can resist breaking free from the spell which uncertainty holds over its adherence. In other words, the, this is comfort food. This is a comfort blanket to, to and the more reality in, in, comes in and invades them, the, the, the more a, a, a shrinking section but still a, a powerful section holds on to this stuff because they think this is the only thing See, that can save us yeah i mean it, it's 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 a fantasy obviously you know what are they trying to protect you know the the idea of the united kingdom of great britain and ireland is is dying you know i mean that's gone and it's going to be gone it's just a question of time whether it's 10 years or 20 years mm-hmm. i mean that's all gone and it's it's a bit like it's a bit like Susan McKay's description of, you know, Lundy and Londonderry during the siege of Derry, whenever King James's Catholic forces besieged them. And they were inside those walls and they were going to hold out no matter what, you know. And and now it's a fantasy enemy. You know, no one is besieging them. You know, mm. no one no one cares. You know, people just want to get on. And you know, you've still got a situation where like I mean, you know, the progress is going to be very slow. I'll give you a good example. Sammy Wilson. Right. Sammy Wilson. <laughs> give me a good example. Yeah, yes. yeah. Apparently he's going on Clareburn next week. Lovely, lovely man, Sammy. He, he, uh, he, he has described nationalist voters as, quote, subhuman scum mm. and, and uh, gay people as poofters, etc., etc. Lovely fellow, Sammy. Really, really nice, you know. Um, anyway, he warmly congratulated the team behind the bonfire at Craigie Hill. All right, now Craigie Hill is a very, very loyalist estate. Now all around the periphery of that bonfire, lying in the estate, are hoardings emblazed with loyalist paramilitary flags. Ulster Freedom Fighters, No Surrender, Craigie Hill Battalion, New FF, and so on. You know, and he, he was a minister in, in, in Stormont, and he's now a prominent sort of DUP MP. I mean, albeit that he's an idiot, you know, that's what's representing. I mean, Arlene Foster. <laughs> Arlene Foster. Like, what could be more ridiculous than Arlene Foster? Like, she came to the North with GB News. And she did this sort of Disney Princess-style production of The Twelfth last year with that fellow, you know, who used to be in Coronation Street, who obviously doesn't have his sorrows to seek. You know the boy, Jim, Jim, I can't remember his surname. Uh-huh. And... No. You know, it was it was presented as something really lovely and wonderful. Now you must have to do a wild lot of editing, a wild lot of editing in the camera work to do to, to, to do that. Because at its base, the whole point of the Orange Order, existentially, is sectarianism. It's right. hatred of Catholicism. And it's uh you know and and so, you know, whenever whenever you look at the big hitters in unionism None of them are, have condemned any of this. You know, you've got Doug Beatty. Doug got in on the, I think, the fifth or sixth count the last time. And uh, his integrity meant he almost lost his seat at that election. I think he, I think he got in in the final count, a bit like Leo Bradgirl. <laughs> Although he got more votes than Leo now, to be fair. 
What did Doug Greedy say? Why did, what did his integrity do that nearly cost him? Well, Doug described all, described all of this antics around the 12th as utterly vile and disgraceful. And he, he said, he actually said, staying silent is not an option. You know, we cannot be silent. We have to call this out, you know, which is a message that the Southern media might well pay attention to. But when you because say- it only enables it. It only enables it. But you see, isn't isn't the you problem? And this is like, I, isn't the, the southern media or the media in general? It's like having Nigel Farage on. Like you have to actually start taking interventionist choices, where you say there is no, there is no point. Like you actually, you yeah. are part of the problem yeah. if you keep bringing on yeah. Nigel Farage or it's Sammy far Wilson. Far better idea to bring on, you know, every day, Dermot Bannon. Darren Garrahy, you know, to discuss the really important matters, that girl, um, Lottie, which I'd only heard of this week, Lottie Ryan, um, you know, to have Joe Duffy there. I mean, Jesus, Joe Duffy, like, mm. I mean, uh, 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 and, and, you know, to have, you know, if anybody comes on from Sinn Féin, for example, onto, <laughs> onto what used to be the Late Late Show, <laughs> it's like, it's just a constant attack, you know. And I mean, it may well be that we've got massive systemic problems in Irish society and Northern society and enormous overspends on the Children's Hospital. And we've already spent 300 million on consultancy fees on the Metrolink and not, not a foundation has been dug. But Mary Lou's got a fucking mortgage. And is anybody going to do anything about that? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now. And we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of Real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> well, you know, I think uh, it's like it's it, it's as real as the as the cat children that don't exist in the schools. Mary Lou's mortgage. Yes, me. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, but like, I you know. But I, but you know, but the, but the point isn't. I don't think. Here, see, I look. I have a lot more to worry about now than Mary Lou's mortgage and where the money came from for that. Well, I don't think. You see, I don't think. Yeah. You see, I think. The, I think the issue is is kind of. It's 
it's at its most benign it's a kind of laziness because it's just like let's get on somebody who's going to say something contentious going to say something like you know when you get farage on or when you get sammy wilson on. i don't think it's that i, mean, like, I don't think i don't think it's thought like, through like for example the night that um the night that the infamous night when i was taken off rt um infamous night when i said that um gregory yeah gregory was you know a sectarian homophobe which you know gregory would have counted as a as a, as a compliment finally as finally a, joe brawley is uh, paying me uh, a compliment uh, yeah exactly as a compliment well fair play to him you know he speaks the truth but you know that night for three or f- maybe five days before that i was being contacted now look now ian paisley jr is coming on with you and you know you're running what, what what approach are you going to take you know because obviously we were speaking we came and it was all about this you know the idea of counter we had a balance etc 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 much more much better to have what do you call the the young the rugby player from ulster who was on andrew trimble andrew trimble on because then you're just struck it's just little kittens it's just lovely little kittens telly you know and andrew like but, uh, you know, no, no, but I mean this. It's yeah, like yeah. far better to have your Rose Tralee type situation. Where you say, Andrew, what do you think in the north? I think everybody should just try and love each other but, a bit but you more, can't have it, and but we should all be yeah. really, really nice to each other. But I think that's and, yeah. But uh, Andrew Trim, you can't have it if Andrew Trim comes on and says that. Yeah. That's better than somebody coming on and saying, you know, uh, the truth. Well, no, the, the, the an orange order. You can't have it every way. Like you can't say that you can't. You know, the orange order. Needs to be kind of broken down, and and it's 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 uh, it's an anachronistic Look, and I'll it's sectarian. I'll tell you what that's and the equivalent of. I don't really know about that, but I just like little kittens. It's little kittens TV. That's what I call it. It's not real. It's completely dishonest. It's not what's happening in the real world, and it's not the problem that needs to be dealt with. You know, and increasingly, you know, we've seen that with what was supposed to be a public service broadcaster. You know, over the last twenty twenty five years descending into a sort of a, essentially a highly politicised, highly biased institution, which is run for the benefit of the few and for vested interests. Yeah. You know, to the extent that we've now got to the stage where a massive All-Ireland quarterfinal between Kerry and Tyrone is behind a paywall. Are we going to get into that? Will, will we go into RTE now or are we going to do it? Uh, I think we might come back to RTE. I think that's something people who want yes. to hear us. Yes, uh, I mean, it, it is high time yeah. that the Bangor Protestant boys were able to give their side of the story on the Late Late Show. <laughs> I mean, they, they make, it was, it was. I must tell you, whenever whenever they wrecked the, the student house, a statement was released on the band's behalf. I just looked it up here while we were talking. It said, in the confusion, regrettably, an item smashed the window of the general property. And then it called on nationalist politicians to show leadership in bringing an end to sectarian hatred, intolerance, and violence. So you know, look, I, I, I'm not suggesting. You know, a part of you says, "Look, it's ridiculous," but for example, when the glamorous brunette sees this in the north, she's horrified. Mm. I've become used to it. We're all used to it, and it used to be awful. I mean, I was there when people were were murdered on the twelfth when they were battened off the roads. I mean. I moved into the Ormer Road at the time of the protests on the Ormer Bridge when it was an, an exclusively Catholic area below the bridge. And they marched through that with the, the RUC alongside them, beating the residents as they marched through them, mm. enjoying every second of it, triumphalizing over every second of it. When I, was that? I, that would have been sort of in the 90s, yeah. you know, up until really the turning point was the murder of the three Quinn babies. I mean, that that was the turning point because, you know, 
there was no way of avoiding it. And also, don't forget, the peace process happened that year. The Good Friday Agreement came into being not long after that. Well, some years after that, Ian Paisley became the big dog. And so you had an entirely new situation. Um, but you see, I, what, what, what I find extraordinary uh, is that this, as I said at the beginning, like that this is something now, that that 25 years on has become something to be kind of memorialized, like that this is now an issue. Like, you know, you, you read it in the, uh, you know, the, the, and again, this is, this, is, this is the weekend before we uh, come out, but the July 9th, the kind of, uh, the big, the big, big kind of stand against, you know, the fact that they haven't been allowed to, uh, to, you know, Mark, Mark, July the 9th and the Drumcree parade again, like they, they wanted to, but you know, you have the, uh, you know, somebody from the grand lodge saying that, uh, while there will be no call for all members of the institution to attend a service, there will be a greater number of brethren and sisters on parade than at the weekly protest. The intent to mark the 25th year will remind all that the banneret, what's a banneret? A female banner. <laughs> I doubt it. You can't be. Is it a small banner? I don't, I don't think females are allowed in the Orange Order, so it can't be, can't be a banneret. It's not like, no, no, like that's a smurfette. True. That's true. Um, uh, the banneret of Portadown yeah. District remains at Drum Cree and will do so until the return parade or return leg, return parade to Carlton Street Orange Hall takes place. Now, that again seems like just it's like kind of lord of the rings stuff well it's the idea that it's 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 the fundamental sort of idea that's bred in that they are superior to catholics and they simply cannot cannot get their head around the fact that they're equals now they're just equals which is you know and like that's just a slow painful process for them you know and uh, you know you, you sort of compare and contrast the confidence and the sort of exuberance of of the nationalist sort of community and the wider community in the north with what's happening in their community and, you know, a huge blame, a huge finger of blame has to be pointed at their leadership. I mean, Edwin Putz last week was making derogatory comments about trans people again, you know, trying to rise all of that, you know, this constant anti-LGBTQ message, this constant sectarian message, the constant sort of cahoots with loyalist paramilitaries, you know, all of that is a distraction from real politics because they don't want to be involved with real politics because in their view, you know, sharing power is going to only go in one direction, you know, so they would prefer to continue to make the horrific miscalculation. And the other thing is this, the calibre of people that are in the DUP, you know, are shockingly dumb. Mm. I mean, who couldn't see what was going to happen with Brexit, for yeah. example. Yeah. Who couldn't see what what was going to happen when they turned their back on Theresa May's best of both worlds scenario? Mm. You know, and yet... Well, every time they've had the... And here they are, and then you see, whenever whenever everything goes wrong, they simply say, it's those fucking Fenian bastards and that Tig bitch Michelle O'Neill, and they're all fucking laughing at us. And that is the truth of it. That's the problem. And these kids on the ground who don't know any better are being led by these lords and dames and baronesses. And, you know, you've got newspapers like the newsletter, this constant peddling of sectarian propaganda. And and look at what's happening. Do you think there are people in, in unionism who would actually take note when Michelle O'Neill lays a wreath to commemorate the Battle of the Somme? Definitely. Definitely. 
Absolutely. Because you've got also a middle ground of very well-educated Protestants who are keen to do business, who are keen to get on with life. I mean, good, good friends of mine now in the Protestant community are doing things they never did before. Like a very good friend of mine, a very eminent uh, council in the north, he's going to the Kilkenny Clare game this Sunday. Right. Really looking forward to it. Big rugby guy. All of that, you know, one of the rugby schools in the north. But that is in the intelligentsia. That's the that's the guys, you know. So like you can you can now find like it's still a novelty for me, you know. We were talking on 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 Monday in court in Belfast, you know, with three or four council, two of whom were from the Protestant tradition, about the All Ireland semi-finals at the weekend. You would never have done that in the old days. Yeah, you know. So there's no doubt. There's no doubt there's inexorable change and it cannot be stopped. But that stuff shouldn't even be uh <laughs> like like that yes. shouldn't even be defined by by I, by that by I, that I, by I, religion I, or I, where I, you I come from. I get that. I get that. I get that. I mean that should be like that should be like, you know, just the sort of novelty of like me going I mean, I've been to Lords to see England. I've been to Cardiff to see England. Mm. Um and in the cricket and people would just say to you like wow what was it like yeah. in our community yeah. you know but if you're in the shankle and you're saying you know I went the All-Ireland Hurling final but isn't that isn't that in the, uh, like because that that demonstrates their short sightedness too because oh, it's, it's like Martin McGuinness let me like you know we'll finish on it because McGuinness might, might well you know I, I don't doubt he was clearly interested in cricket because Peter Hayne talked about his knowledge well, he loved cricket yeah but it also, he also was smart enough to realise that this this demonstrated uh, a, a broader outlook. You see, Martin had broad shoulders. Yeah. He enjoyed and like, Paisley's but, company. He was but, very fond of Aileen Paisley, Dr. Paisley's wife. But even you know, he, was he, was, at, he was very fond of Peter Robinson yeah, and developed a yeah. close friendship with him, you know. And, yeah. and, and, and Peter, Peter has said that. I mean, you know what Ian Paisley Jr. Mm. said of him. But... People like Ian Paisley Jr., for example, for me, Ian Paisley Jr. doesn't believe a word of what he's saying, but it makes sure that he's top of the poll in Ballymena every year. It secures his position as yeah. an MP. He loves life in London. He told me that himself. We did an event at the at the Queen's Festival with Mark Carruthers, the eminent sort of BBC journalist. And so there is a disconnect between what they're thinking privately and how they're living their lives yeah. and what they're saying to stir up the rabble, think, yeah. which they have to say because they're now caught in this circle and they don't have the courage. You know, Jeffrey Donaldson, if he had any courage, Jeffrey is a moral card. There is no doubt about that. And that's been his life. And he knows what would await him if he breaks ranks and says, look, we've got to leave this nonsense behind. The protocol deal's a very good one. Let's move into this now, you know, and let's share power properly. And wherever it leads, it leads. You know, now, if he did that, he knows, he knows what he did to David Trimble when David Trimble signed the Good Friday Agreement and pushed on with it. He deserted him. He stabbed him in the back. Just like uh, Baroness Foster stabbed him in the back. So Jeffrey knows what's coming for him, you know, because they've sort of got themselves into this corner and they don't know how to get out of it and they don't have anybody with a strategic brain to get them out of it. How would you get them out of it? You just have to be courageous. You need a leader. You know, they destroyed Ian Paisley because Ian Paisley became too friendly with Martin McGuinness. And, and they worried, worried that Big Paisley, who was immensely charismatic and immensely powerful with the electorate, they worried that he was going to move the dial. You know, so they, they destroyed him. I mean, 
all it took for Arlene Foster to be destroyed was to abstain on the vote to ban conversion therapy. The DUP voted against it. She abstained, and that was enough. Within a week, she was gone. Boom, you're out. Yeah. you got to hold the line. Um. Yeah, it's... um. Yeah, it's 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 tragic, really, when you think about it in terms of that. That's, and, you, you know what? That's the truth of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you you, you know, uh, it's it's obviously disparaging to see it, but it's tragic because you know the human consequences for this generation of kids growing up, particularly in these more deprived areas, who have been entirely neglected, and who have been handed this legacy of sectarian hatred, which is absolutely self-destructive, and for. So many people, like, you know, you, uh, you know, for so many people, they just say, we're just going to get away from this. Like, and that's the problem, as you say, like, who joins the DUP? Who, you also leave, you leave society as much as possible to the people who, 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 who stick around, who stay there. And like, I've met people so many times when I lived in London, and you know, you just talk to people, like people from, from both sides, but like, you know, a lot of the people you meet from Protestant, you know, Protestant tradition, and they'd be like, I just got out of that place. I just got out. You know, they, you, they just they just got out as quick as they could, and they looked back and said, "Right, that's a basket yeah. case." Well, they we're not we're not we're not at that stage anymore. I mean, Belfast is extraordinarily yeah, multicultural, yeah, yeah. and all, but it is the case that when you're dealing with them, you know, it's a bit like it's a bit like dealing with troubled children. You know, you have to sort of. Accept them for what they are. Mm-hmm. Try and work around it. Smile. Not get too, not get too, not get too worked up over it, and not take it that seriously. You know, you, it, it's not, it's not an adult to adult relationship. You know, it's not an, it's not a relationship of equals where you're discussing real things and trying to make real progress. You know, you're just trying to tease them out of this. Like being a hostage negotiator, you're just trying to tease them out of this rabbit hole that they've gone down to say look come in join the real world yeah well you know the real world is is going on you're going to be watching um you know well i might even be watching the all-ireland semi-finals soon uh, but i'll be i will watch i go kerry versus jerry That's he pretend that he watched he pretend huge. that he watched the dublin match just I did for the because listeners, he pretended he watched the Dublin match. You, so you, you quizzed me on I it. Asked I, him, I asked him two questions and he didn't know the answer to them. I didn't know. I did know the answer. This, that's, you just that's, couldn't. You just couldn't think of it offhand. I did. I gave you the answers. <laughs> I, I, the reason I watched it is because the cricket. You know, England had lost <laughs> the cricket. cricket oh, Jesus <laughs> but anyway, we'll we'll leave it there because it's, was it's, it for this the man of nineteen sixteen? Do you want me to quote Martin McGuinness on cricket again? <laughs> no, I don't. Anyway, you've been listening to Free Side. Thanks, everyone. Have you been, Billy Boy, Billy Boy? Oh, where have you been, charming Billy? I have been to seek a wife. She's the joy of my life. She's a young thing and cannot leave her mother. Did she bid you to come in, Billy Boy, Billy Boy? Did she bid you to come in, charming Billy? Yes, she bid me to come in. She's got a dimple in her chin. She's a young thing and cannot leave her mother. 
Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. 